0: It's Tuesday, November twenty fourth. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. With me today, the one and only Bill Barker. Good to see you. Good to be here. How's it going? We've, uh, it's going well. We got some retail earnings to talk about. We have a spicy deal to talk about, but we're going to start with the return of the Fed chief, Janet Yellen. Is Joe Biden's pick? For Secretary of the US Treasury. Uh, so, just like she was the first woman to head the Federal Reserve, Janet Yellen is going to be the first woman to be Treasury Secretary. And the reaction that we're seeing from the business community and on Wall Street is a positive one. And I'm assuming that's in part because she's a, a familiar presence. And let's face it, when she was running the Federal Reserve, she did so with a steady hand.
1: Uh, certainly. Uh, it's always hard to ascribe uh, the market reaction to one factor or another. If you want to uh, put a few chips on uh, some post-election uh, sm- smoothness or smoothening of the process, you can do that if you want. You can put them all on Yellen if you want. It would make uh, some sense to do so because uh, she is a f- both familiar presence and not a scary one to the business community and somebody with additionally a track record of um, pursuing, implementing uh, low interest rates. And if you're going to ask for one thing uh, on, on behalf of stockholders, it would be a continued uh, low interest rate environment for ever, if possible they can have that they <laughs> no taxes low interest rates how about that right <laughs> you know
0: right yeah. that 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 certainly is if it's not number 1 on the wish list it's it's pretty
1: high up there it's way up um, there it's on the wish list every christmas so yeah. uh, uh yellen uh, provides you know some of that history of of low interest rate support and competence and um i think that uh it's not a surprise that the market is uh, happy given that some of the other names, um, I don't think Elizabeth Warren was ever really that um, likely, but that, that to the degree that that had a non-zero um, chance, then uh, now it has a zero chance. It's rare
0: that we talk about any Treasury Secretary on this show, so um, I, I'm just going to take uh, an extra 60 to 90 seconds here, uh, as you and I were chatting a bit this morning, just to reflect on the resume of Janet Yellen, which is among the more impressive resumes um, around. Uh, again, first woman to be the head of the Federal Reserve, and you know, and and gender aside, just the head of the Federal Reserve is now going to be the Treasury Secretary of the United States. Um, but uh, it's it's a pretty impressive family when you consider the fact that her husband holds a Nobel Prize.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know uh, which of those two is more impressive. I'm so far from being able to comprehend the uh, accomplishments involved to be selected to either of those that I, I can't really make a choice, but uh, I think it's a, a fair fight and one that I'd like to hear them go at each other about who's, <laughs> who's got the bigger, the more impressive resume.
0: I feel like that would be more entertaining, look, I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to start a fight here, but I feel like that would be more entertaining if they were each on their second glass of wine.
1: Well, it just could be just like a in a good in a good natured way. Yeah, it could be a Saturday Night Live skit. I, I, I certainly think that between the two of them, they it's a good opening bid for uh, most uh, accomplished uh, couples. Um, and there are some others throughout, sprinkled throughout uh, history and recent history that could compete. But uh, but boy, that's if you don't ever improve on the Ellens, then uh, that's that's a testament to them.
0: Absolutely. All right, let's move on to some retail earnings. We've got Dollar Tree, Best Buy, and Burlington stores all out with third-quarter reports. Uh, Let's take them one at a time. Uh, We don't have to spend a lot of time on these, but Dollar Tree, I feel like we've seen this story for a while now because Dollar Tree is the, the parent company of both the namesake Dollar Tree stores and also the family dollar chain of stores. And for a couple of quarters now, we've seen this play out, where essentially Dollar Tree is doing better than Family Dollar.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's got uh, a better model at the moment, although uh, Family Dollar did a little catching up, same-store sales were 6.4% for the quarter uh, at Dollar Tree. Uh, sorry, Family Dollar and 4% for Dollar Tree. So, a few more people going in the doors uh, than the previous quarter at, at uh, Family Dollar actually—that's year over year. So, but the, the Dollar Tree has been the lion's share of the the profits for this company, and um, you know margins continue to improve across the board. It's not a spectacular improvement year over year. Uh, I think total consolidated net sales were up seven point five percent year over year. That is good. Obviously, twenty twenty to have sales up in any retail environment um, over last year at this uh, through the first portion of this year is, is pretty good but um, you know as a store that that was pretty much always open because it supplies things that were necessary even during lockdowns, uh, groceries and and uh, necessary household items uh, it didn't ever have the enormous, Punishment that happened to some other retailers, uh, and it's compared to some things had a a smoother year than others,
0: and a good day. I mean, it, it, it we've seen uh, bricks and mortar retailers having a, a good twenty twenty. I wouldn't put Dollar Tree in that category, but the stock is up ten percent right now.
1: Well, they haven't been in the position of really being able to harvest any investments on their online operations to the degree that some other stores, one of which we'll mention in a moment, have. Um, you know, it's it's not the kind of thing that you would necessarily order as much online um, as, as the materials you would need uh, on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, given shipping costs and all that, they're, they're just not going to ship $2, $5 items, um, profitably. So, uh, there are other uh, companies that have made the investments. Uh, Dollar, Dollar Tree uh, does does have an online operation, but it's not, not a huge part of, of the business compared to the in-store portion.
0: Speaking of online sales, uh, Best Buy's online sales in the third quarter rose 174%. Shares of Best Buy down about 6% today, Um, we'll get to the guidance part in a second. But just in terms of the third quarter, this was
1: really, really strong. Yes, yes. Um, When you think about both being in your house and what you need and want to be able to do, uh, boy, there's been a lot more TV watching and there's been a lot of Uh, connectivity that you've needed. So, upgrades of both laptops and modems and routers and and just printers, uh, all that, plus the TVs that are being sold um, and and audio upgrades. Uh, People are spending, obviously, far more time in their homes in a lot of cases than uh, ever before and are making technology investments. And Best Buy uh, has uh you know because of the adjustments that it made to its business model several years ago uh they're in position to reap the rewards of that and are doing so again today the stock isn't moving up but it's you know it's had a strong year so ticking down a little bit today but just off of all time highs really I,
0: that's what i'm assuming is what's going on with the stock I, I mean even with the drop today over the past 12 months it's up more than 50% uh, I get that they didn't provide any guidance for the holidays, or certainly not the guidance that Wall Street analysts were hoping to see. But, uh, you know, in their defense, I don't, I don't, <laughs> you know, Walmart and, and Target weren't really stepping up with specific holiday guidance either. So, um, you know, uh, it, it seems a little unfair to take Best Buy to task for that.
1: No, I, I'll take their, you know, um Non-GAAP diluted uh, earnings per share increase of 82% year over year is uh, uh, proof enough of a of of a great year. And you know, in in the multiverse that exists, there's a version where uh, Best Buy went the same route as as Circuit City and others that got squashed. But I mean, in Circuit City's case. Largely by Best Buy, but also the fears that Best Buy was going to be Amazoned out of existence uh, didn't come to pass. Um, as I say, there are other versions of reality where that happened, and we're we're not able to, you know, look in on today's action and and be awed at the, you know, the the job that they are doing and have been doing for about the past nine years. Third quarter
0: profits and revenue for Burlington stores came in higher than expected. Uh, the stock down a little bit. Um, they they had a loss in terms of same store sales, but it wasn't as bad as people thought it was going to be.
1: No, it started this quarter started out pretty badly. Um, August was was really poor numbers, and then the um, September October were only down four percent. But back to school sales basically evaporated um, and that was part of the problem uh, for the August sales. Uh, you know, it's, it's lost a lot of sales, somewhere around 30% year-over-year. Uh, year. Of course, a lot of stores were closed for a while there in the spring. But the strength of the stock is testament, I think, to the long-term performance of this company and an expectation that as reality returns to some you know, post-COVID version of normal, uh, Burlington is about the same company that it was before this, it hasn't taken a big hit in terms of, uh, you know, it doesn't have debt that that is a worry, and they'll be able to emerge from this uh, stronger because the competition uh, has gotten weaker.
0: You look at a five-year chart of Burlington stores. Uh. I don't know if anyone listening has ever been to a Burlington store. I've, I've, I've been into a Burlington anyone, store.
1: Anyone listening ever been to a Burlington store? I'll, I'll take the over on that.
0: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> let, me, let, let me reset the time.
1: How many, you, you really do have dozens of listeners, don't you? Maybe <laughs> not even that. <laughs> uh, is- a random selection of a dozen listeners will pro- provide somebody who's been to a Burlington store.
0: In the past year, in the past 12 months, I'm, I'm assuming not a lot of people have been into a Burlington store in the last, I could be wrong about this, I'm wrong about plenty of things. (laughs) Um, But the fact of the matter is that this is a better retail performer in terms of the stock over the last five years than Amazon, Costco, Walmart, and Target. I'm not saying it's a better business, I'm not saying it's like buy this as opposed to the other, I'm just saying over the past five years, as well as those four retail giants have done, and they've done really well, you're doing even better as an investor over the past five years if you own shares of Burlington Stores, which I do not.
1: Uh, yeah, it is one of the quieter uh, butt kickers out there, uh, and it did take a big hit as a stock, as as many things uh, did. February to March was basically cut in half. That ended up being uh, for you know Burlington as as well as many other things a great buying opportunity for those that got in there at at the bottom, and it's it really as I say a testament to. Uh, the trust that the market has in management here and the business model, the off-price uh, model that, that Burlington uses, um, because it, it has not been a profitable year for the company, and they are not yet able to point to really improving trends, of course, uh, for something that was previously known, you know, for coats, there aren't a lot of people, that are necessarily going to have to buy as many coats this winter if they're going to be stuck inside all the time. So, uh, they have a better-looking future than a present, uh, and their past is the reason that the future looks bright at all, I think.
0: Three years ago, McCormick paid $4.2 billion to Reckitt Benckiser's food division to buy French's mustard and Frank's red hot sauce. Today, McCormick announced it is buying another hot sauce brand, Cholula, for eight hundred million dollars. And shares of McCormick, uh, you know, you go back three years to when they made that deal. Um, I, I get that it was a larger amount of money that they were shelling out to buy French's and Franks, uh, but the stock was down that day. Today, shares up uh, a little bit, one two percent, and uh, this this seems like a good acquisition.
1: Yeah, as they go into uh, the flavors and, and fragrances uh, part of the the aisle uh, and expand, continue to expand away from the spices where they've already not quite cornered the market, although they have twenty percent of the global spice market, larger percentage of that in North America, uh, and they have both both the branded spices and they do a lot of the um, private label spices as well. So they've got a very profitable business, but it's not as if people are going to buy spices at greater and greater uh, amounts. That you could compound a business at ten percent if you stay in the spice world. Uh, this year is good because everybody's at home, but uh, they are taking those profits and continuing to buy uh, sauces. And you know, you've got uh, you've got some strong opinions about these sauces. I know that.
0: Well, yeah, I I, I tweeted out this morning that um, this is this, you know, Bloomberg had a story that I retweeted and I wrote a smart. This is a smart acquisition that doubles as an admission. McCormick no longer believes Frank's Red Hot can be the top global brand in the hot sauce category, and that's that was a statement from McCormick three years ago when they made this when they made that deal when they said this is this is our goal, which is a a worthy goal um uh, uh, unlike most things i tweet uh, there've been a lot of responses to this one and people saying well actually you know this is this is a separate category like fr- like frank's red hot that's just for buffalo wings and it's like okay well then I, you know i, I Look, McCormick is uh, a great performer with um, with a really good track record of the way they've grown their business and made acquisitions. Um, it makes me question uh, a little bit more the 4.2 billion they shelled out then for for Franks. If it's like, yeah, it's really just a sauce for this one thing. Whereas Cholula, uh, there are a lot of different things you can do with it. Um, and by the way, to the people who are who are tweeting. Um, pictures of, of the hot sauces in their refrigerators, yeah, take them out of your refrigerator. You don't need to refrigerate hot sauce. If, you're, if, you, if you've got Cholula or Frank's in your fridge, what you're doing is you're dulling the taste of them by chilling them. So just that's a, That's just a little tip from me to you, take the hot sauce out of your fridge, put it back in the cabinet where it belongs.
1: For somebody from Maine, you fancy yourself a little bit of an expert on hot sauces, don't you? I'm.
0: I wouldn't say I'm an expert, but I, I have more affinity and greater experience with hot sauces than I do with, say, lobster. Which what, what? is why I. Ha- that's why I had to leave Maine. The tourism board found out, and they're like, "You got to go, kid.
1: You got to go." All those spices that you've been eating instead of lobster,
0: we yeah. can't have you. Yeah, you got to go.
1: Yeah, but I mean, just personally, you're. You seem to have something against Frank's.
0: Uh, it's the consistency of it. It's it, it's it, 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 it makes sense to me that that people were saying no, you just use it for for buffalo wings. I'm like, okay, that makes sense to me because anytime I've tried to use Franks on anything else, um, it, it just it, the consistency is too watery. Whereas Cholula has a little bit of heft to it, which is one of the reasons I like it.
1: You got got it in the cupboard right now.
0: I do. Yeah. All right. Not in the not in the fridge. Got it in the cupboard. <laughs>
1: Which which brings it up to, and, and we may now have gone into the tangent portion. Have we finished with the business news?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah For anyone okay. looking for more investing news, you can drop off now.
1: Right, because you're just going to get angry uh, listening to where we go from here. Uh, but um, the the whole spice thing, we were uh, today. You're you're a big fan of throwing away spices as, qu- as quickly as possible, correct? <laughs> that, <laughs> like that is an maybe, overstatement. When they get within a few months of the expiration date, you're jettisoning them.
0: No, you, you, you made the comment to me that there's there's uh, someone in your home to whom you're related by marriage, who um, looks at the expiration date on spices, and when they are past the expiration date, throws them away and buys new spices, and I said, I support that decision, because the reason you have any spice is so that it can provide flavor, and over time, they're going to lose flavor.
1: Yeah, big spices bought you off, I see. Um, <laughs> but. There, are, there are those that... I, don't th- I
0: don't, think the people at McCormick are necessarily thrilled with the comments I've made about their company.
1: <laughs> well, I, I, it's my position. You, you should, you know, you can use those spices for uh, for a number of things other than just throwing them away. Uh, as I learned today, when I, uh, you could make handmade soaps with them. Apparently, according to some website that seemed to be uh, full of uh, do good ideas on what you could do with spices. Uh, sure, once they've expired. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I, I applaud uh, you know the ingenuity of anyone who says well we're not going to use this for food or cooking anymore, but we can use it for you know for soaps, for candles, for dyes, for whatever else. Um, and who knows, maybe that's like a secondary market for McCormick. For all we know, that they, they've got that business <laughs> going on right spice. now.
1: <laughs> Everybody, go in, throw away some spices. Here's what you can do with them. Rather than creating trash, you can make potpourri with them. Right,
0: strike a deal with L Brands, get some of those McCormick Spice branded candles, or so. Now you're talking. There you're you go. Um, before we wrap up, I, I do need to remind folks uh, we are off for the rest of the week uh, here at Market Foolery. Um, but if you're not already listening to David Gardner's uh, Rule Breaker Investing podcast check it out when that episode uh, hits the podcast feeds on Wednesday. Um, hope everybody has a safe, happy, and delicious Thanksgiving Day. And of course, on Friday, the Thanksgiving special episode of Motley Full Money will hit podcast feeds. And I say special because it's the one episode of the year where we have a sound effect.
1: I mean, does that drop like right at midnight or something for those that are uh, just just waiting for it? Can you do that for
0: those who are sick of their family to the extent that they gather with family and they're like, "I need to go for a walk and listen to my show." It's not going to hit at midnight. It is going to hit earlier in the day, though. Normally, it 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 hits feeds around five or six o'clock Eastern time, and I think it's going to go out at noon on Friday. So, something for people to do on Friday. There you go, Bill Barker. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. You too. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against some buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next Monday.